following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I don't know, man. I, I, I've had a frustrating day. I almost feel like I just need to vent right now for a moment, but I, I, I don't know. I better not. I, I, Do I, it. I'm sorry. I thought I was doing well for you today, and no, you're nothing. Nothing with old Troy. Oh, okay. Do it. Go. Oh. You, you go. No, it just. First of all, I get on Twitter and I see Greg Oden is director of basketball operations at Butler. How does that happen? Hmm. Hmm. Not uh, the not where I thought that story was going. <laughs> Bad motto. It was how that happens. Oh, he's the head coach. Coach at Butler, yeah. Uh, people still can't figure out it's Aokali, not Iokali. Hmm. That still just gives me the red ass. <laughs> Welcome to Big 12 Media Day. I've had multiple interviews like fall through right at game time, and that is really irritating. Um, it just kind of feels like things aren't, you know, I don't know, just not going my way today. And, oh. and not to mention, you know, Brett Yormark just has a snoozer of a not really a press conference, but like a Q&A. His, his breakout stuff was a lot better. Um, and we'll get to that stuff here in just a moment. But actually, a part of that is about Texas and Oklahoma. But welcome to the game. Uh, Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G. And Big Steve is on the board today. No Travion. Uh, I even asked, uh, you know, my I felt like my day has been so off. I asked Big Steve, you know, I was like, man, you might want to have, do they know it ready to go? Ooh. Just in case. Like, if I feel like we need to pull an audible, just do something fun, maybe get my mind right, we would go in that direction. I don't know. I We'll see. It's still on the table the, if you want to do it. The plan is... To still have it on Thursday. I won't be here tomorrow, but I'll have a lot of audio for you two to play from Big 12 Media Day, ba- uh, Men's Basketball Media Day. The women mm-hmm. are today. I uh, can make it up there because of Chris Kleiman and his press conference. Um, and we'll get to some of that audio a little bit later, including, you know, of course, some health updates and, you know, maybe wanting to use DJ Giddens a little bit more, which I've been yeah. hoping and praying that, w- that would be the case, especially at this time of the season and who the opponent is. I feel like it's a the perfect time to roll out something new and show something to a really good defense and really good offense. I shouldn't say really good defense, they're okay, um, but also just a really good team in general in uh, in TCU. But uh, all right, let, let's go ahead and get to Brett Yormark, commissioner of the Big 12, spoke at, uh, he spoke at noon today, which of course it just had to be at noon <laughs> when all of us media are going to Veneer to have lunch. Oh, God. Just hey, Brett, your Inconvenient. Inconvenient. I tell you what, I just not going my way. I would like to hear everything live, uh, but and also, I guess when this comment was made, uh, it wasn't during the breakout stuff. I don't, or it wasn't during the breakout stuff. Wasn't doing the, during the Q and A, but basically, um, just came out and said it. Oklahoma and Texas will stay a part of the Big Twelve through the rest of the uh, media rights deal. Mm-hmm. So through 2025, when they said they're going to leave for the SEC, they're going to leave on time. Not early, but on time. And then I, I read, an, I read a, 
a, a quote from Brett Yarmark. It says, you know what? They were at the last meetings, and, you know, we just got a really good relationship, and I'm, I'm ready to work with them. I'm like, since when, Brett? Mm. Since when? Because now we know they're going to be a part of the Big 12 for the next two and a half years. Now we got to be like we're best friends. Mm. I didn't like that. I was like, why are we now going into business for them? Just pretend that they're not. Yeah, yes, okay, wait, we, we got to include them in scheduling. It, That's about as far as the relationship should go. It's called being political. I don't know. I thought this guy wanted to make money. <laughs> it sounds like a guy that wants to make money. He, you know, brand this, brand that, globalize this. You know, he just, to me, wants to make the most amount of money possible. He, now, but for the next two and a half years. Yeah, okay, relationship, fine. Also bums me out that we it's another two and a half years of SEC. All oh, this team's about to leave for the SEC, but for another year they're in the Big Twelve. Mm. Hate that. Just I, a little irritating I, to I, me. I, I'm, I will say this: I do enjoy the fact that those two schools, for some reason, can't afford to pay out the money that <laughs> they voted to have to pay out if they left. Apparently, it's the logistics are more. I don't know what the word is. It just there's a lot more into it than it's just money, I guess. I I don't know the logistics of it, and be honest with you, I don't really care. Yeah, I maybe I should care. I just don't. Yeah, at this point, I don't care what's holding them back. Right, they're still gonna pay what they're forty million to bounce or whatever it is. They're still gonna pay Eight, that at the end of the day. Eighty, eighty million a piece. Eighty mil, million per. Okay, uh, they're still going to pay that. Uh, unless a deal is made at the end of the thing where they're like, hey, can you please like uh, give us a little 20% discount or something? I, I don't know. What, however it works. We'll get there when we get there. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I care about him now. No, I, you. I mean, and you want Brett Yormark to be like, shut up. Uh, Whatever. Who cares? But he's, you know, he's a suit. I, I am curious, though. Do you think that Maybe some thoughts are going through their minds after expansion of the college football playoff started to be discussed. Do you think that maybe they're starting to reconsider that notion of going to the SEC? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Wouldn't that That's be the something? easy answer? No. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, that, there's just too much money. You know, True. Like, you yeah, know, the there, 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 there's well, too much money, and and there's a scene prestige to it. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, right now, honestly, the way that things are going for those two football programs for the moment, not great, man. Well, I really wanted, not good. I wanted to play a clip here, uh, but apparently it's it's gone yellow on me, and I can't play it. But it was. Oh boy. Let is me this, let me see if this is. Okay. Is this going to be the the straw that okay. breaks the camel's no, back? No, we're good. Okay. I think we're oh, good here. Boy. So it is actually about the TV rights and Brett Yarmark. When we heard about it a couple of weeks ago about the the early negotiations, which that window is open with Fox and ESPN for another year and a half, basically, of where there is exclusive negotiation rights for those two with the Big Twelve, and about how you know what we, we've already had some great conversations, and uh, Brett Yarmark basically uh, made that comment again to the media today. In Kansas City. I know the media has stated that with the loss of Texas and Oklahoma, our number would go backwards. Mm -hmm. Let me say it very clearly, we're not going backwards and we're not staying flat. We're going up. The question is, how far up? 
Okay, so we will grow revenue when you think of our multimedia rights deal. But beyond that, we need to diversify our revenue. We need to look at creating tentpole events and how can we monetize them? How do we create IP? How do we provide premium experiences? Do we create a direct-to-consumer platform um, that helps us connect with our displaced fans? There's lots of different things that we're exploring, obviously working very closely with Endeavor on our commercial strategy, but it's not just our TV rights. It's how can we grow the pie, and I'm anxious to get started in doing that. Yeah, so to be clear, I, what I was saying about you know that relationship between the Big 12 and Texas and Oklahoma and how Brett Yormark was being too nice – you know, don't let me don't let that take away from uh, how much I truly feel that Brett Yormark is the guy Jeez, to lead uh, the Big 12 into the future. Uh, and there was a lot there that was being said about what potentially the Big 12 can do. But I, I think a worry for most with that quote has been settled, and that is that the Big 12 is going to lose a, a bunch of money, even if they expand, going to lose money with the media rights moving forward with the departure of Texas, Oklahoma, and your mark basically laying down the guarantee that that's not going to happen. Uh, that's that's really good news. There are a couple of moves that have taken place in the last couple of days that I find interesting, by the way, that are unrelated to the Big 12, but they are related to something he brought up in that discussion, and that is the over-the-top. The LA Clippers announced that they're going to put together a complete over-the-top offering for their game broadcasts this coming year on television, which is something that no one else has done in the NBA. That's going to be interesting to watch, especially when you're talking about Steve Ballmer and Microsoft involvement there. When you say that, what what does that mean? Over the top, meaning that it is strictly it would be strictly a Clippers app to be able to watch the games at $17 a month. Okay, well... But the point being, you know, the, it's what oh, yeah. the it's what the Nuggets could use right now, given their problems that they have with altitude slash Comcast out right. out there. The other point I saw that Amazon Prime has had such success already with their Thursday night package, they're going to add a Black Friday game next year already to the offering. Yeah, I I, I don't I okay. So this is going to sound crazy, and people are going to get mad because it's been so bad. Um, the Thursday night games. Oh no! I think we like as far as the, like the games have been bad. Yeah, the games have been bad, and just the like the audiences um, haven't. The audiences are great, and that's what I'm, I'm going to get to. Like, I, I think there's no doubt that it's been choppy and it's looked crappy and it's been out of sync. But I think the Big Twelve should go to Amazon and and say, "What what do you want to do? We could do a deal uh, with you, exclusive Big Twelve on Amazon." I think they should jump on it because. And the infancy of the ESPN app, that stunk. It was horrible. And I remember thinking, this is never going to work. And now it's probably the most seamless app that's out there. Unless would, you have just terrible internet, which is on you. If right. You do. It is on you know, or your, your company. Right. Or, or, yeah, or your uh, local monopoly. And I think that if I'm going to put my money, if I'm going to put my money on anybody, it's probably the richest guy in the whole world to get it figured out and to make it to where I really think Amazon's so easy to do anything, like to buy whatever you want. It's so easy. That's the way the access to to sports is going to be on Amazon too. It's just going to be a click, just like it is on ESPN. But I think that, I think Amazon TV, whatever that becomes 
is going to be important. And I would love to be on something like that. The forefront of that, the Big 12, to be available for everybody would, would be awesome. MLS is going to Apple TV next year. Mm-hmm. No, no regional, no Bally, none of that. Uh, it is strictly an Apple TV product for the regional broadcasts, other than the ESPN package that they have. Uh, you had Apple TV dabbling with Major League Baseball this year. Didn't go well in terms of critical reception, but in general, uh, you know, it was there. Um, you know, still, still out there with a potential Netflix, but they're already having to make noises about what they're going to be doing uh, in terms of upping their subscription price and the like. And so I think that there's going to be some thoughts there as to how involved they may want to get. See, it's a wide open playing field when you start talking the potential for all of the over the top aspects of it. Okay, so DG, before I make a comment, are you suggesting exclusively going to a streaming service, or that just being a part of it of the deal? I think that's like part of the deal. I don't mean to say like an exclusive, but I think that's I think that it would behoove the Big Twelve, the remaining now um, adding other teams. To think outside the box and be creative and say, what else is out there? I'll say this. The Fox app and the CBS Sports app are lagging behind. I would hate to hitch mm-hmm. my wagon to Fox. I, re- I think they're behind the times on everything. And I think if going forward, if you could make a deal with Amazon and say carry a game every week even would be spectacular. My, my, my only thought is I don't know. If that can, I don't know if if the Big Twelve would ever be happy about what Amazon would come back with as for money when it comes to if you're just going to air a game or two because the, the Big Ten and Big and, and SEC still will, will be what it is and that's a big ratings draw and if Amazon looks at a Big Twelve game that maybe not the biggest game in the, on the day. And they're thinking, well, this is going to be week by week against probably something a little bit bigger than the SEC. It's yeah. just, that, that's too. I think that's too much to fight against to make a really good deal out of. Let's look at it. Maybe something that we take away from what ESPN has done with the national championship games and the playoff games, and that is shoulder programming. That it's the all 22 cam on Amazon for a game that's on air somewhere. A, a, a secondary Absolutely. stream Absolutely. that is in conjunction with. I mean, I am no expert in what the Big 12 should and shouldn't do, clearly. And this is why I believe in Brett Yormark, who has made some major deals before, in, you know, for, for different reasons, of course. Uh, this one may be more unique than he ever has made before, but he's one to negotiate, and he's <laughs> – to go back yeah. to what DG said, he's a suit. He's a businessman. He is a businessman. He, he, he's a businessman through and through. Yeah. I still think I don't, the best way to go, you have to be linked with ESPN somehow, especially with streaming. I think I think yeah. that is very important for, uh, I mean, just you know, K-State fans. I mean, how much do you like having ESPN Plus and being able to watch Big 12 men's basketball games, women's basketball games, baseball, Everybody soccer, Everybody. volleyball, everything's on there, and it's it's seamless. I and, think it's – sorry. It, I, just my, I think about this all the time. I think about this issue all the time. Access. You know, when you turn when, – when, when CBS Sports, their 11 o'clock game is like Air Force versus freaking Akron, you're like, oh, my God. You know, like there could be a very horrible reality for the Big 12. But, but I think about it in this way – also, if you went back in time 
and you talk to people about when the Big 12 was formed, about what do you what do you need to be on, on for TV? I think it'd be a weird conversation. They'd be like, "What are you talking about?" And then when the Big 12 first broke up, everything changes so much. I want yeah. I, I would hate for us to get tunnel vision because in 10 years. I guarantee this thing's going to look a lot different than it does right now. And yeah. I would hate to be hit, just hitched to anybody, but I know ESPN is the, the 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 big dog and you have to that's why I, I like Fox sounds it sounds bad to me. I, I don't well, I don't want to think. Th- think about how it used to be something special and exciting when you had the Thursday night game on the schedule and now nobody wants to play them nobody except for the it. Mac. Yeah. Nobody wants. I can't believe that there's like I can't believe ACC schools and Pac-12 schools are playing third. Like it, that blows my mind. And Friday too. I thought Friday was like, you know, hollowed ground, but it's not anymore. It, yeah, it really. Fifteen years ago, yeah. that was when that argument started. Right, they'll play whenever, but it's crazy. I, but I agree. You, you, ESPN has to be involved somehow. But to give up, especially all- with the Big Ten not being in agreement with them, right? Valid. I think that leaves a lot of money out there to be taken. True, and absolutely true. We got a dude that like kickstarted a lot of different stuff in the right direction. I mean, I'm so, so impressed with NASCAR. I didn't know that that he was the guy mm-hmm. behind it until we made the the announcement that he was the guy. And it's like this dude really—they are like up, 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 up. Everything they do. Well, and TV rights deals—it's going to continue to always go up. You know, yeah. marketing and, and advertising, like all you know, just the 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 uh, the value of of teams these days. Right. Yeah. Everything just keeps going up. So Skyrunning. yes, I mean the Big Twelve just might be falling in the right place at the right time when it comes to deals because of. That's why you take advantage of it now. Like you wanted to, as opposed to waiting two years. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back, it is Tuesday. I'll bring my next top ten list after the break on the game. Uh, Shout out to John Wilmer, or Wilner, rather, um, who is, you know, Pac-12 homer. God, that guy? Writing out there for years. Um Boy, yeah. he's trying to stick up for the Pac-12 as much as he can, yeah, and he just yeah, he's one of yeah. those. I, I I think I probably respect him more than Stuart Mandel, um, but um, making the argument, you know, like it's been said that the uh, you know the Pac-12 ceilings is the Big 12's floor when it comes to TV rights and New Deal and making money and ratings and all that. Well, made the argument about. Well, TCU and Oklahoma State, undefeated and on broadcast TV, couldn't outdo. Utah and USC. Okay. Mm. First of all, Utah and USC outdid Oklahoma State and TCU by about half a million. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't forget, on at that same time as Oklahoma State and TCU was Alabama and Tennessee. (laughs) And that was like the most viewed college football game in like years uh, yeah for sure. a long time yeah. literally Over 11 million literally getting ready for k-state volleyball on saturday night and we had two phones working <laughs> to be able to watch both as we're preparing i'm not gonna lie when i was watching oklahoma this is maybe why i missed out on this weird substitution issue for oklahoma state when tcu substituted late and i didn't see it it's maybe because i was kind of flipping back and forth in my parents house because Alabama Tennessee was just insane from the gun, yeah, and was high scoring. Um, I read something about how 
Alabama and, and Tennessee in that game, they each scored in that game more than Iowa has scored all season. <laughs> and Iowa has scored in the 40s. <laughs> Iowa is so bad. Man. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nepotism Hires. Oh. All right, you ready for my top 10 of the week? <laughs> yes. You can probably guess where this is going if you listened to the show last week. I did a top 10 list on uh, my top 10 K-State defensive players through six games. Well, we still haven't played a game since because of the bye week. Um, So I'm going to jump now to the offense. Um, So my top 10 players offensively for K-State through six games. And, uh, you know, I, as I put this list together, I don't think we're going to find any surprises, but I guess I'll get your two uh, thoughts and see how this goes. All right. Number 10. Number 10 is Ben Sinnott. Tight end slash fullback, but a lot of tight end, a little bit of fullback. Uh, 11 catches for a buck 33. A lot of that was in the Oklahoma game. Um, you know what? As a pass catcher, I've, I've liked he was really big, I thought, in the Oklahoma game. The blocking needs to step up. He's been good at times but also glaringly struggling at times, especially one-on-one, maybe playing back on his heels and whiffing. Mm -hmm. So correct that, and you got yourself a pretty good football player, even though he's been decent this year, and I think improved from last year, uh, still a little bit of ways to go in the blocking, especially in the run blocking. I think that's one of those things that takes someone time, even if you are, speaking of big, he's literally a large man. Once someone gets into Ben Sennett's head that you are a massive person who has a lot of power, if you sit down, if you sit in your stance, you fire forward with your hands in the correct places and your feet, footwork looking good, he's going to put some people down. It's just that when your footwork isn't correct and your hands placement isn't, you get pancaked or you whiff. When you're, when you're, the front of your body is over the bottom half of your body, you are going to whiff more than not. This guy could be a star. He's so big. I think he will be. He will be. Number nine. Number nine is Cade Warner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three wide receiver, which, by the way, um, haven't really seen anybody play wide receiver other than the the three starters. Uh, (laughs) We we were told this would be a very, uh, one of the, if not the most, when it comes to depth Hmm. and a group of guys on this team. But you know, it, it's kind of the same with Ben Sinnott, where he's definitely had his moments. 14 catches, 133, and a touchdown. He he has had some drops. I felt like Adrian, in a, more than twice, more than three times in Big 12 play, has delivered really good balls to Cade, and he just hasn't been able to haul him in. But um, i got to say, though, I think he had one of the more impressive touchdowns we've seen this season, Ooh, and that was against Tulane, was awesome. where he it was a great ball from Adrian. When And that was during a time we thought Adrian wasn't just throwing it well at all, just a lot of checkdowns and not looking down the field. Thought maybe this was the pass that was going to really break him out of the shell. Just took a different location to do that. <laughs> um, but, man, he got hit right after that catch. I was like, damn. Yep. Like, yep. way to earn your first touchdown ever. For sure. <laughs> He's was... a tough dude. What a tough dude. 
Number eight. Number eight of my top ten list of K-State players offensively through six games, DJ Giddens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to put him higher. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to put him higher, but I was like, you know what? i got to be realistic. I know in my head he could be so much more, and I hope he is moving forward uh, because I think he's that talented, and I think we've just seen a glimpse so far of what he could do with 27 attempts for 177. Two touchdowns and 6.6 yards of carry, which is the best other than the 175-yard touchdown for Malik Knowles. Uh, that that's just kind of I think it's appropriate to put him at number eight right now. At the end of the year, mm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see where he goes. He's going to go down or up, and I think that de- just depends on how much the coaching staff decides to use him the rest of the way. Yes. I really do. All right, number seven. Number seven. I wanted to use this spot for an offensive lineman. The thing is, already in my mind, I had my top two. I'm looking for a third. You know what? I just couldn't separate one from the rest. So my number seven is all the offensive linemen with their shirts off. <laughs> I'm just using player in a different context. Play on. Play on. And play also on. throw in Connor Riley. Throw in Connor Riley with the with the shirtless uh, shirtless uh, group picture yes. on the road after wins uh, at Oklahoma uh, and at Iowa State. I've really enjoyed it. I think they should do it at home, too. <laughs> Keep and the score up on one of the scoreboards, you know, probably the south end, and just yeah. get go get that picture. Somebody mentioned also a calendar that somebody should put. Oh <laughs> yeah, I think that would sell like hotcakes, dude. I really think that'd be an great. offensive. I mean, talk about <laughs> an nil grab. I know it. Man. Listen, give them credit. They're now up for a national award as a unit. They are, yeah. Uh, you know, today. so so boom, right there. There's what you send out with the press release. Oh my god, that photo. Yes. <laughs> now, number six. Number six is another offensive lineman was supposed to be splitting time at uh, center, but because of an injury to Taylor Potier, uh, Hadley Panzer, I think, has been the second best uh, offensive lineman. Now, let, I'll make this clear. Um, I felt like, okay, so Cooper Beebe, and of course he's going to be later in the list, that's predictable. Cooper Beebe has stood out among all of them as the best. And I think that's I think there's there's no doubt he is the best. He's a future offensive lineman in the NFL. Um and then I think Hadley Panzer is is after BB, but still has, you know, I think a lot to still show and uh has uh, has a lot to go to catch up to Cooper BB when it just comes to overall talent. And then everybody else is just kind of step below Hadley. That that's my opinion. I'm not getting that from anybody else or from conversation. That that's just from what I've seen stand out to me is uh, Hadley Panzer would be second place when it comes to the offensive line. Number five. All right, number five. This is my top ten list of K State football players offensively through six games. Number five is Philip Brooks, and. Um, if you look statistically, Phil and Malik are very close to each other. And I'll break it down here in just a second, but 20 catches for Phil, 274, two touchdowns, and averaging 13.7 yards per carry. Um, I, I, I wasn't exactly thrilled by his play like through non-con, especially in that, uh, in that Tulane game. I think he's been much better in conference play. So I think there you go. You could split a season in half, and I've been, I've, I've been pretty happy with this play through uh, through conference play so far. Um, also, just I kind of think is on par as last year. 
Other than, you know what, special teams just really hasn't been a factor yet this year. Other than some nice returns, haven't really seen much at all in the punt return game. And I think that might have something to do with field position. Uh, teams, you know, punting from around midfield and you don't have much room to return, you'd have to pull off a you know, Dante Hall miracle <laughs> in that short yardage. Um, and also, I mean, you can make the same argument for kickoff. Just haven't seen, uh, other than a few here and there, of really nice kickoff returns. But that leads me into my number four. Number four. Malik Knowles. So even though he is nine yards short of Phil in receptions, or reception yards, uh, he has one less touchdown receiving, and he has a, a half yard short of yards per catch. But you know what? He almost said that 75-yard run on the first play of the game, uh, season. He has completed a pass this year, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's been better in special teams. So even though, yes, I know, special teams is an offense, I had to kind of consider that to separate the two a little bit. And so that's why I'm going to put Malik Knowles at number four. But again, you know, I just I, I don't think a next step was taken. I really don't in, uh, in production and just overall getting better with the wide receivers. I haven't seen improvement. I really haven't. I wanted to ask Curry Sexton Malik about, like, the Malik thing that happened during the Iowa State game. It always looks like he's not running hard. You know, and he's one of those guys I think he just naturally makes things look a little easier than everybody else. But I wanted to ask him, is there anybody that he could compare that to that he played with that just never seemed like they are going full speed? I think Malik Knowles, like, if he kicked it into gear, I think he'd blow everybody away. But we'll see. All right, my top three here are probably predictable. Number three. Number three is Cooper Beebe. Oh, boy. They're at left guard or left tackle or you know, wherever they need him to play. I'm sure he could play anywhere for you. Um, he, he has been by far the best lineman, uh, by far. I, I don't think the line has been great, but it's been good. I think good is fair. Um, at times, the blocking has been good, but when they've been playing against above-average defensive fronts, um, they, they, they've struggled. They really have to uh, to produce run. I think pass blocking has been really good, other than the last handful of games. It's still been pretty decent, and that's a lot thanks to uh, – yeah, somewhat of a good pocket, but also I think uh, Adrian navigates the pocket really well, um, unless it's just closing in on him, and then just sometimes there's just nothing you can do, like when guys are going right down the middle of that line Jeez. unblocked. Um, I, I've also noticed Cooper Beebe and his leadership. Uh, whenever a mistake is made, it doesn't matter who it is, Cooper is usually talking to them. Um, and I, I don't know what's being said. Maybe that person who made a mistake is getting their ass chewed by that the veteran that is Cooper Beebe. Um, but he is t- the most talented, of course. Um, a next-level guy, and he has played the best of the offensive line this season. And I think there's no doubt about that. Number two. Number two is Deuce Vaughn. Mm. Uh, Deuce, despite not having the best run blocking in front of him this year, um, has still, I think, really impressed me. Um, he has made some insane cuts. He runs hard. Still not an easy guy to tackle. Unfortunately, because of what Bijan Robinson having a better line than than what Deuce Vaughn has, um, was able to put up over 110 yards, I think, maybe even more than that against Iowa State. Ran over four yards a carry. Unfortunately, Bijan Robinson is now taking the lead in the Big 12 of yards per carry or yards per game. And so, and Deuce has dropped to 5.5 yards per carry, 661 yards and three touchdowns. It still hurts me a little bit that he hasn't scored since Missouri. 
It's a long time. That now. is a long time. It, 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 oh. Come on, my boy. But I think I, I, Deuce is still having, of course, an all-Big 12 type of year. Unfortunately, Bijan is now taking the lead in yardage, and that's where it's, you know, Deuce is going to catch up. Mm-hmm. He's going to catch up, and he is going to have. He's going to score a touchdown against TCU. Mark my words, <laughs> he will score against TCU. But finally, number one on my top ten list of top offensive players for K State through six games is, of course, you have to go this way, Adrian Martinez. Oh, yeah. The growth that he has shown this season, his flash in the running game. I think his passing game has really taken off. Um, yes, there were a couple of broken plays. But I still think he did a pretty solid job of finding open receivers against Iowa State. Um, and without him, K-State would be in major trouble. Yeah. Would be in absolute major trouble right now because of the work he has done is the reason K-State is 3-0 and in Big 12 play. Absolutely. I think there is no doubt about that. Plus, and this is crucial that I bring this up, when Adrian was at Nebraska, he averaged about an interception a game, something like that. And I did this last week with Travion. I won't do it with the big Steve. He's working over there. He's doing something. I don't know. Um, how many interceptions has he thrown? Zero. I would have never predicted that. No. I would have never even thought. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Give me quarterbacks from the past. You give me through six games, zero interceptions. I would never predict that. It just happens. You know, a ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. A, a defensive lineman makes an amazing play, and a linebacker comes up with the interception, kind of falls in their hands. You know, things like that, just nice plays by the defense, happens all the time. All happens the time. to the best quarterbacks. Yet it hasn't happened to Adrian Martinez. He is, I think he's the only quarterback in college football this season who's played the entire year and has not thrown an interception. I know there there's a quarterback from Vanderbilt that has not thrown a uh, an interception, but I don't know if he's played all this all this season. But what I do know is Adrian has not thrown an interception this year. I thought I thought the time would be against Iowa State. I was convinced, you know, that defense is so good. It just it, one of those great plays, like I just mentioned, by defense. It, it's got to come from the best defense in the Big Twelve, doesn't it? Nope, and didn't you, happen. You just figured too, like. Uh, just a a ball that bounces off a wide receiver's hands. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something that the K State offense accidentally yeah. does. A, a tip. A tip. Uh, yeah. Anything. Well, I think luck. You know, being lucky oh, a few yeah. times has come into play. Hey, and I'd rather be sure. getting good. You know, but it's it's amazing. I and Nebraska fans everywhere probably throwing up in their mouth just a little bit at the thought that through six games this guy has not thrown an interception. They're like, no, no. All right, well, speaking of Adrian Martinez, he spoke to the media earlier today. We will hear from 9 a.m. when we come back on The Game. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll uh, get back to some of what Brett Yormark said at Big 12 Women's Basketball Media Day, including details on the football schedule moving forward for the next two years. He went over some pretty key details on what that will look like. And, of course, we know Texas and Oklahoma 
will be included in those schedules. So we will have 14 team um, schedules to figure out. And, uh, well, how many of those Big 12 teams out of the 13 others will the Cats play in the 23 and 24 football seasons? Again, we'll go over those details at 510. But I've tried to make this a, a weekly thing since we do hear from him weekly between uh, uh, in front of games. And, uh, of course, number 8, TCU, is in the way of the Cats in a 4-0 and start in Big 12 play. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff from A.M.G. Carter Stadium. It will be televised on FS1, not Fox. That belongs to, let's see, let's figure this out. What game of the NLCS will that be, Troy? That would be game three. Of uh, the Padres and Phillies. So that's why I got priority over K-State TCU. Mm-mm. Thanks a lot, Fox. Yeah. Um, okay, so again, that's a three, a seven o'clock kick. Powercat game day will be at three right here on K Man and 101.5 K Rock with uh, Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, and myself. But it's time now. This was uh, recorded earlier today to hear from K State quarterback Adrian Martinez with the media. Another former K State quarterback, Skyler Thompson, had his first NFL start um, on Sunday. He had to come out of the game because he got hurt. But seeing guys who had success here at K State have success at the next level. Is there, is that any added extra motivation for you being considered as your first? I wouldn't say it's added any extra motivation. I feel pretty motivated, um, but it is really cool to see, and I know everyone on the team is talking about it. So it was a big deal and um, pretty cool for K-State. Does this have a big game feel this week, Adrian? Absolutely. You know, how could it not? Uh, top 25 matchup, and we get the opportunity to go on the road and, and play at night in a, in a cool atmosphere. So we're obviously very excited about that. You're one game away from bowl eligibility. What would that mean to you? It's huge. You know, I won't shy away from it. Uh, for me, that's a big deal. And uh, I never got the opportunity to go to a bowl game in my four years, and now we're, we're close to getting one here. So that sixth win is, is big for me. And, again, it's, it's part of this one-week mindset, but – um, it is just one week away. Adrian, this season, where do you think you've grown the most from where you were coming into your career K-State? I mean, just looking at it statistically, I think turnovers would be the easy thing to point to um, and, and something I've, I've wanted to continue to work on. And uh, I think that stems from preparation and, and just Coach Klein and, and what we're doing offensively. These last two games since Chris Klein told you to cut it loose, his words, um, have you been able to balance being super aggressive with also not – those yeah, well, it's, you know, I know I've said it a million times, but it is a fine line and um, just playing within our offense and, and, you know, in practice, it's a big deal for me um, to make sure that we're getting those things right, that we're hitting those passes, hitting big plays, whatever it is, making sure we get those things solidified. And I think we've gotten, we've done a lot better job of that just as receivers and quarterbacks of hammering some of those fine details and making sure that that, that helps us in the pass game and in the real game. How close do you feel like this team is to playing three games? Damn close, you know. I hope it's this next one, right? Uh, and and that's that's part of it, you know. We are continuing to grow. We're continuing to, to buy into this process, realizing that we haven't – we're not a complete product yet and that, you know, shoot, as good as we've been, we can be so much better because we haven't really played a complete game yet to this point. Going back to the Iowa State game, the Malik Knowles turnover, what's typical of a conversation on the sideline when there's a negative play that happens and you guys kind of pick one another up? Yeah. Um, well, I think you said it. You know, there's a lot of guys that they go and pick that person up. And understanding that, hey, it's, it's a game of football. Mistakes are going to be made. It's part of it. 
you know, the whole team doesn't need to swarm that person. But a couple guys that he trusts, you know, go over to him, talk to him, and, and then it's kind of on him to, to bring himself out of it a little bit as well. And, and we trust Malik to do that, and he did that. You know, he fought for us, and we knew he would, and, and it's part of it. I know we went into halftime after that, and, hey, look, we, we know we're going to bounce back. We'll be fine. Did you watch TC's last game live, or did you take Saturday off? I watched it live, yeah. What, uh, what are your impressions of the defense and what you got to do to do Yeah, well, they're a, they're a tough group that plays with a lot of speed, and uh, – you know they they're running a new defense this year, the three three five, and um, I think they've gotten a lot better at it throughout the year. And um, they found a way to win tough games and make big plays and in big moments. And I think that that speaks a lot for them. You know, and uh, you know we know we have a, an incredible challenge. They're they're a good solid unit. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you in terms of what the Big Twelve grind has been? Maybe what you've been used to before? Anything that sticks out about this game? Uh, it's incredibly deep. You know, I think a lot of these teams are are uh, very competitive. It's it's close. You know, whether you look at the top, which right now is is us and TCU, or or whatever the bottom is, um, those teams are good. They're good football teams, and you can't take any week lightly. So, um, I think it just speaks to that that competitive landscape of the Big Twelve. Adrian, what was the offense's biggest point of emphasis during the bye week of improvement? We want to continue. Uh, you know, it's kind of our our mantra, but but pounding the stone and and buying into this process that hey, we haven't put a complete game together. We can be so much better. Let's let's hammer home these finer details. You know, as good as we've been, we can be a lot better. So what can we do? You know, it's working on past game details. It's maybe let's watch some film together. Let's make sure we're thinking the same way. How much is your football IQ culminated in your play this year? You know, I I'd, I'd like to say I'm a I'm a pretty smart football player, and I have a lot of years of playing at this level. And that's definitely helped me to this point. I'm fortunate to play my fifth year. And uh, having four years of, of actually playing, I don't know how many games, um, I think that's helped me not only just as a player, but more um, maybe as a veteran to some other guys on the team and, and what we're going through and how to approach each week. And that's K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson with the media earlier today. Coming up at 5-10, don't go anywhere because when we come back with the game, we're going to hear from Brett Yormark, Commissioner of the Big 12. Details about scheduling the next two years for football and when those schedules will be coming out. Plus, Coach Kleiman and his press conference highlights from earlier today. We still have number one song of the day. And Ask Us Anything, plus also a shout out to the K-State women's basketball team who had media day earlier today. Also got the news they are receiving votes in the preseason uh, AP Top 25. Nice. Hour two of the game, around the corner. Your local news is next. Next.